All right. Um, worship. Wow. Incredible. I, I think I lost it right about the time where the song said that he's constant in the trial and the change. <laughs> he's constant in the change. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've come to find that life is just a series of changes. <laughs> We're always changing. Our season of life is always changing. Things uh, around us that maybe were familiar are changing. And change oftentimes is not always easy. <laughs> I heard someone say once the only person that likes change is uh, a baby with a dirty diaper. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Greg. <laughs> but the thing that helps in these seasons of change is to know that there is something that is constant in the change, and that is God's love never fails, never runs out, always there, always dependable, always faithful. And that, to me, as, a song, song, as soon as we went there and just that opened up, I'm just like, God, you're so good, so good. So I've been working on a, a series that I didn't know how long it, not you, I didn't know, <laughs> not you working on another series. They're always listening. I've been working on a sermon series on being a servant, being a servant. And when I first uh, had the thought that just kind of landed in my spirit, I thought I, I had just a one sermon that I was going to share on that. But as I spent more time in it, it started to just grow, and um, I'm thinking that this is the last of it. Um, but it's definitely been something that has, I didn't realize how much depth was in this for me personally, and how much of a need it is for us as a body. And I, I believe one of the things that is really important for us as followers of Jesus is that we are discipled in the ways of Jesus. And that is something that has been growing in my heart more and more uh, the longer that I think I've just been pastoring, uh, been in leadership. I see this need of not just getting people to say a prayer to get into the kingdom of God, but to develop mature believers who are discipled in the way of Jesus, which is so important because there is something that is always seeking to disciple us. <laughs> there are all kind of ways and all kind of voices, and, and they're all drawing, and the reality is we all have been discipled by something, someone, some way, or another. 
and it has shaped the way that we think. It shapes the way that we uh, act. And the reality is we don't really know sometimes where one thing starts and another ends and it's just mixed together. And uh, I'm realizing that there has been so much that has leached on to Christianity that is nothing like Jesus. And so there are things that we go through and we experience and it's a, a pulling off and it's a breaking off and a breaking down. And, and there are some people who are going through some of these things in their, their journey. But I'm, I'm looking at this and there's, we're in a time where we're reconstructing and rebuilding and it comes in a place of spiritual formation and discipleship in the ways of Jesus, in the ways of love. Ways of radical forgiveness and mercy and compassion. It's holy, it's other, it's not like what we are familiar with. The ways of the kingdom are counterintuitive to the things that we have been formed in in this world. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the bad and the negative, but things that we would value and celebrate even sometimes as good. It does not necessarily mean that it's kingdom. So I've been talking about being a servant. And so I, I want to start with the scripture that I used to begin from the very first um, part of this series. And that's found in Philippians, the second chapter, verses 3 through 7. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others also. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a servant and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. This Description of what Jesus experienced is, the Greek word here is kenosis, and it's in some translation, it says he emptied himself. <laughs> he became a human, and not only just becoming a human, he took on the role of a servant. I think this is fascinating when you understand what Jesus came to accomplish was to reveal to us what the Father was like. This is amazing. It's, it's not like Jesus said, oh, let's see, what is the best way I can reach them? Uh, no, he came to reveal the Father, and he ultimately revealed him as a servant. Is that what you picture in your mind when you think of God? God is a servant? 
We think of God and, and oftentimes we think of him through ways that we think of as powerful and almighty. But Jesus came to reveal what powerful and almighty really looked like. Looks like a servant. And so he's saying to his followers, look, this is so important. Paul is writing here and he's saying, just like Jesus, you need to have the same attitude, the same mind to be servants. We find in the Gospel of Luke, the 22nd chapter, verses 24 through 27, says, then the disciples began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. Jesus told them, in this world, the kings and great men lorded over their people. Yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader should be like a servant. And then he asks this question. Who is more important? The one who sits at the table or the one who serves? And, of course, their response is, the one who sits at the table, of course, but not here, not here. For I am among you as one who serves. Jesus is contrasting and showing the difference of in the world, in the systems of this world, how people, and even in your system, you have been formed to think that the greatest is the one with the most power. He's the one who's, sit it, who's sitting, at, sitting at the table and, and is the one who is being served. <laughs> but not in here. When he's saying not in here, he said not in my kingdom, not in my world. This is not how things operate in my world. I love how Paul wrote this in the fifth chapter of Galatians in verses 13 through 15. He said, for you were called to freedom. We were all called to freedom. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Don't use this freedom that, that, I, that Jesus is bringing us into the kingdom. Don't use it to operate according to the flesh. But use this freedom as a means to serve one another through love. Serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in this one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out 
that you are not consumed by one another. What are, what are we hungry for? <laughs> what are we hungry for? There's a blessing that Jesus gave on the Sermon on the Mount that said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And this word for righteousness is the same word for justice. Uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for things to be made right. As you look out over the world and you see all of the things that are broken and the people who are devastated by the, the systems of the world, and you're seeing these, does your heart hunger to see those things made right? Because when your heart hungers for those things to be made right, you get in there and you start to serve and you are filled. But the contrast of this type of hunger is a hunger to bite and devour one another. If, if there is a word that captures what I have seen over the last couple of years in our country, it has been this word right here. You bite and devour one another. There is this hunger for power and for control. And when you are in this place of desiring and hungering for power and control, it is a guarantee that you will bite and devour one another. If you see biting and devouring going on, let's just go ahead and come to this conclusion. There's a hunger for power and control. And this is the way of the flesh. Because the way that Jesus comes to show us the way of the kingdom is not a power play to devour and to bite and to destroy, but it is to love and to serve. The world celebrates being successful. The kingdom celebrates being faithful. There is a difference between being successful and being faithful. I know this pretty well because that is one of my biggest issues. You see, my personality type, it just, it, 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 craves being successful. And if you can't be successful, at least look successful. <laughs> at least look like it. <laughs> and if I don't stay in the place of submission to Christ, 
I will sacrifice family, health, my witness to be successful and to appear successful. Because there is a way that seems right to us. <laughs> what does it look like to be successful as a man? What does it look like to be successful as a pastor? What does it look like to be successful as a father? What, what does it look like? And we'll get all of these pictures in our mind of what success looks like. And we'll sacrifice the things that really matter to gain that. What does it profit for a man to gain the world and lose his soul? It's like I've accomplished, I'm at the top of whatever mountain I'm climbing, but at what expense to my soul did it take for me to get there? Faithfulness is at the core of the gospel. <laughs> because Jesus didn't look very successful, beaten, and executed between two thieves. His followers deserted him. The, the crowd long had left. If Jesus was shooting to look successful, he would have never had gone to the cross. But yet he was faithful to what the Father had called for him. Faithfulness comes out of being a servant. Matthew 25, we hear the term, well done, good, and faithful servant. <laughs> the one who serves by visiting the sick. Number one, they see them. They see the sick. They see the prisoner. They see the hungry. They feed them. They see the naked. They clothe them. Faithful servants. What if followers of Jesus were known more for being servants than being judges. We need more towels and basins and fewer robes and gavels. Servants. There's there are things that I think we miss that are happening around us all the time 
that's kingdom business because we're not positioned, we haven't positioned ourselves as servants. It's like the kingdom business is happening all the time. Sometimes we miss it. Gospel of John, second chapter, we have the first miracle that was performed by Jesus. At a wedding at Cana, Jesus is invited to this wedding, and his mom is there, and he brings the disciples that were following him. At the time, they show up to this this wedding feast and this celebration that is going on, and, and something happens that changes this feast. They begin to run out of wine. What an embarrassment. What humiliation to the family that's hosting this, this party and celebration. And so there's whispers that are happening now. The wine is getting low. This is, you didn't plan for it. I didn't know this many people were coming. I didn't know they drunk that much. I didn't know. I think it was when Jesus brought his boys. <laughs> so the whisperings, you know, what are we going to do? The safe face for the family, what are we going to do? The whispering makes its way to Jesus' mother, and she hears, and she has this conversation with Jesus and this exchange, and it's like, I don't know, is it time? It's, well, let's, let's do this. Let's do it. And so his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. So now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now, draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. And when the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine and did not know where it came from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves a good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. A miracle took place at this wedding. Incredible, amazing, great tasting wine. <laughs> and no one knew where it came from except the servants. The servants knew. Many enjoyed amazing wine that day. But a few actually participated in heaven coming to earth. 
I think the servants enjoyed themselves more that day than any of the guests. I could imagine them looking. It's like, it's still coming. It's like more wine and, and pouring and just like, fuck. You know, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, they didn't want to embarrass the family. It's just like, it was almost gone. <laughs> it, they, but it was like an inside joke for them. It's like, we know where this came from. We know where this came from. I can't believe it's still here. And I don't know if it only changed when they poured it or what was happening here, but it was miraculous. Those sitting at the table, they enjoyed good wine. But those serving the table enjoyed the miraculous. We have a parable that is one of the most popular parables that Jesus tells in the 15th chapter of Luke, parable of the prodigal son, call it the parable of the lost brother, call it the parable of the father's heart, but in this moment I want to call it the parable of the servants. This younger son goes out and takes his inheritance and wastes on riotous living and a famine comes and he's in a low place and forsaken and starving and hungry and, and he reflects and he's like, wow, the servants even have it much better at home. I'm hungry, so I'll go home. He didn't say, I'm sorry, so I'll go home. <laughs> He didn't say, I think I've made some mistakes and I want to change my life, so let me go home. He said, I'm hungry, <laughs> and they got food, so I'll go home. He was a disgrace. He was a disgrace to his family, to his community. Smelt like trash pigs, and the father is looking for him and sees him afar off, and we know this part of the story. He runs to him, and the son starts to give his speech, and the father stops him from giving his speech, and then we get this part of the story where it says, and then the father tells the servants. The servants were running with the father. <laughs> the father runs and the servants run too. I, I think the servants had such a big role to play in this story. The father says, bring the best robe. Servants, you go get the robe. Servants, you put the robe on the prodigal. 
servants, you go get the ring and put it on his hand. Servants, you get the shoes and put it on his feet. Servants, you go and get the fatted calf and kill it and prepare the party. The father's heart draws people home. The servants participate in the restoration of all things. The servants look past the smell. The servants don't judge the mistakes of the prodigal. The servants get down to serve by putting a robe, a ring, and shoes, and throwing a party for the prodigal's return. We have the privilege of participating in the love of the Father by being faithful servants to those who need to be served. Our position is royal as sons and daughters, but our assignment is service to one another. We could only step down in humility to serve because we know that we are already seated in royalty with him. And this is where Jesus, knowing that all was given to him, knowing that he came from the Father and he was going back to the Father, was able to strip down to wash the feet of his disciples. My prayer is that this message and the other two that I've been sharing will challenge us as followers of Jesus to prepare our hearts, to find opportunities, to step into humility, to serve one another. We have all types of opportunities. You want to see an argument end real fast with somebody you have a disagreement with? Ask them. Let's just stop. Let's just stop. How can I serve you? How can I serve you? Let's, let's skip the, the, the how can I change you and step into how can I serve you. This place that we step into is following our Savior and, and looking at how he modeled his life of leadership. And it changed the world. Let's stand. You want to see more miracles? It's awesome to sit at the table. It's awesome to sit there. But you want to see more miracles? Become a servant. Father, I thank you today that we have a high calling. We have a royal calling. 
to be servants. Help us to be secure in our love. Help us to be secure in your love for us. That we are willing to lay aside all pride, all selfish ambition, all fear that looks like control and power, that we could step into this place of servants and serve one another. It starts at home. Let us serve one another faithfully. Serve one another. And as we become known for our love and service to one another, the world will know that we are your disciples and that you have sent Jesus into this world by our love for one another that looks like service. Open our eyes to see your kingdom that is completely different to anything the world is presenting. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Have an incredible week.